This is May the 29th, 2022, Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Warnest Church. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. This is also Graduation Sunday. Today's message is Foundations of Faith from our senior pastor, Reverend Farrell Hardison. We'll start off with the praise team and the Pine Level Pentecostal Warnest Church Choir.
It certainly will bring tears to your eyes when your granddaughter is singing God's praises. Hey, man, thank you, girls. I did have one, my littlest one, missing this morning, but that's all right. Thank you, thank you. So it's time to do our graduation ceremony at this time. We have four graduates. Brother Jeff. If you would, let's stand and honor our graduates. Jacob, Earl Green, Noel Lee, Westbrook, Landon, Reed, Lee, and Zane, Amora, Floyd. may be seated. First, first, we'll start with Jacob Earl Green. Jacob, if you would, come forward. I know him as a Holloman. Anyway, I'm sorry. Jacob is a very special young man that I've got to know a lot in the last few years as a young man, but also... As a golfer, I uh, love to have him on my golf team. He's a, he's a good golfer. But Jacob today is standing in front of you, graduating from North Johnson uh, High School, and will be attending ACC, and uh, also he'll be getting and working at the same time. So, Jacob, we honor you today, and thank you, and uh, we pray that God will bless you. We'll be saying a prayer in just a little bit. You know, Noah, if you would come up, Noah, he's been calling me Grandpa or Pa now for a while, so I'm, I'm a little concerned. He's dating one of my granddaughters, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he started out early calling me Pa. I guess that's what everybody calls me, but that's all right. And uh, Noah's a fine young man, and uh, I went to watch him many times play football uh, at Clayton High School, and uh, quite honestly, uh, he's got a scholarship to go to college, and we, we're glad to know him and he is a blessing and I thank God for him. Noah Lee Westbrook will be graduating from, uh, did I say Clayton? Yeah. I, my young, my kids went to Clayton, sorry man, I just fit you right in there. Princeton High School, a great school also, yeah. And he'll be uh, attended Brevard College and I think that's way up towards the mountains maybe. All right, congratulations and uh, we want to honor you today with the Bible. Thank you, my friend. I love you. God bless you. You want to say something? Yeah. About Noah. About Noah. I don't need her. I don't need her. Okay. 
to the cash register. He looked across and he says, I know you. <laughs> and I said, I said, he said, I go to church at Pine Meadows. I said, that's where I go. Been going a long time. And uh, last night when I got my receipt, I said, under my marker where I could read it, I got a 10% discount. Thank you, Noel. <laughs> Landon Reed Lee, would you come forward? Now, this is a fine young man, too, that we've gotten to know, uh, know over the last few years. And I tell you what, this young man loves Bible school. He loves Bible school. He loves to come to church. He loves children's church. Ladies, I know y'all love him because he's a great young man, and we, we appreciate him being here. Come up here where you can see, bro. Get up here a little bit higher. Get, get on up there right there. There you go. Everybody get to know Landon. He's a fine young man. And you'll love him. The more you get to know him, the more you'll love him. And he's graduated from preschool, from Playmates uh, Child Care, right here in Pine Level. And he will be attending Pine Level Elementary in the fall. He is graduating from kindergarten. They, um, uh, well, preschool, I guess you call it. And we want to honor you also with a Bible. We love you, young man, and thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> I just noticed he's got a handprint on top of his. Y'all don't have one on yours. I guess preschool is uh, special. All right. Zare, Amor Ford. Amor Ford. Get on up on that second step. This is a fine young man, too. And by the way, he'll strike up a conversation with you anytime. He can talk to you about a lot of stuff. He's a fine young man, and uh, I, 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 I love watching him wide open. He's full of energy. Right, girls? Yes, he is. He's also graduating from preschool. In fact, you're the reason we put a fence around the playground. <laughs> that is an honor. We ought to put your name on that fence, shouldn't we? That's right. We should. He's graduated from preschool also from Playmates uh, Child Care, and he will be attending Princeton Elementary in the fall. And Zane, we love you, my man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, you can give me five. There you go. All right. Would you four stand up? All four of you stand up. At this time, we're going to dismiss them. But would you stand up and honor our graduates today? Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Y'all can leave it without honoring you. You got it. Children's Church, uh, you're dismissed now to go to Children's Church. Uh, for the littlest babies, there's also a nursery. God bless you. one if they go by alphabetical order he's the last one every time but I was going to tell him they always save the best for last amen proud of our young people thank God for them I 
I, um, I just get excited when I see a lot of youth around, don't you? Because we got to have a church tomorrow. And you know what? Uh, one of the things we say a lot is that the, the youth are our future, and they are. But they're the right now as well. I mean, when I'm here on Sunday and the little kids are running around giving me five and I'm picking on the teenagers, it just, there's an excitement in the air. There's a, there's a um, energy in the air when young people are all around. And we appreciate you. We love you. And um, we've got some dreams and visions of what we believe God's going to continue to do in our youth area. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, little boy. What would you like to say? Brother Farrell, would you say uh, just a prayer over these four young men? I will. I will do that, absolutely. Amen. Let's. Yeah, bring them back in because I want to really lay hands on them. That's all right. That's all right. Old people run this church, brother. I got lost coming here today. I couldn't find it. A little bit. You and Larry, I believe, a little bit older. But I do thank God for our youth, don't you? And I saw some things on Facebook. By the way, I've taken the courageous step of getting back on Facebook. So if you need a laugh for the day, I'll try to provide one for you. Otherwise, when it comes to politics, I'm going to try to behave myself. I ain't saying I will. I just said I'd try. All right? So, uh, y'all come on. Are, the, are all of them ready? Y'all got those dresses off, so you can come on to the front now. Those cute little boys. Hey, boys, I'm going to give you permission to do something. Run up here. Run. Come on. Not you. You. <laughs> Man, if I was playing football and I was crossed away from him, I'd get out of the way, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's do pray over these young people. We're so proud of y'all. A fist bump. Ouch. Father, part of that training up children so they won't depart from it, that responsibility belongs on the church as well as the daddy and the mama and the home. Lord, when we stand before you on the last day, we pray that you will be pleased with the way we here at Pine Level Church have brought up the young people to love you. And we know that while their hearts are tender and while their hearts are soft, that is when we get the word in and we get it in deep so they won't ever forget it that they might want to forget it at some point in their life, but they'll never be able to. And so, God, we're planting that word in them now. Help us. Provide for us. Lord, we need resources. We need volunteers. We need uh, finances. We need all of that to have a powerful, effective youth ministry. And God, we love and, and thank you for what uh, we have and what we're currently doing. I was so excited to see what was happening with the 
uh, Bible school as I was on Facebook and saw the people that are already working on that and the, the, the things they had produced with their, with their creative art. And, and God, that's what we want. We want that not just at Bible school, but on Sunday morning and Sunday evening and any time our youth gather, we want them to say, obviously our church cares about us. And now, God, as these two older young men are going to be going into the world, really, and taking on another level of responsibility, another level, and I know this breaks the heart of moms and dads, but there's a, there's a natural separation that has to happen. Uh, we, don't, we don't want our children to stay immature. We want them to become mature adults and great citizens and Christians in this world. So we pray for these two young men that are graduating from high school, both of them very talented in sports. And we pray, God, that you will bless them because often a microphone is put in front of a person who's gifted in sports and, and would bless my heart to hear these young men talk about God in their life and God's blessing in their life. We pray for these two young ones, these tender ones. Lord, we just pray, God, that you will use them and you will empower them and you will guide them. And Lord, you will just put in them the gifts and talents that are going to advance your kingdom in this world. There's so much we could pray about, but Lord, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate the future of these young people to you and your glory. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, y'all get to march out again, or you can just have a seat. You know what? Um, our clapping today has been very hesitant. So let's just do a good clap right now. Get it right. Now that's how I want to hear it during my sermon, right there, just like that. Turn in your Bible to Psalm 11. Psalm 11, we're moving into a, a new uh, sermon series today. We're going to talk about the foundations of faith. And I'm not sure how long we'll take on this sermon series. Uh, two or three Sundays, we will uh, cover this entire chapter. It's only uh, seven verses. But we'll dig into it a little bit, go verse by verse. I've got a lot of friends here and special folks who are visiting today. And if I start naming them, I will forget a name. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to do it. It isn't because I don't know their name. It's because I go blank from time to time. Have y'all noticed that when I'm preaching, I just go blank. And you're like, where'd he go for a minute? So anyway, I'm so glad all of you are here today. We welcome all of our visitors and all of our guests. And we want you to make yourself at home. And I always throw this in there. If you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you. Come on back. Here's our motto. Amen. Our motto is, we'll treat you so many ways, you're bound to like one of them. Amen? Amen. All right, Psalm 11, Psalm 11. David wrote this, and David has gotten some bad advice. How many of you have ever gotten some bad advice from people you know love you? They love you, but they've given you some bad advice. A lot of times you're your loved ones, your family who love you very much will give you bad advice because they're trying to protect you. 
They don't want you to be hurt. They don't want your feelings to be hurt. Um, they, they don't want you to suffer any kind of negativity. And so a lot of times they'll say, I wouldn't do that, or I wouldn't go there, or, or you need to really, you know, uh, you need to really uh, not connect with that situation or that person. And they mean well, and a lot of times their advice is good and you need to heed it. But any advice you get from a human being, and that being me as well, anybody that you look to as a spiritual leader like our deacon board or, or uh, maybe somebody that's a denominational leader or, or somebody just, you just have a lot of confidence in, listen to me, don't ever just take what they say. Always pray. Always talk to the Lord. I know it's going to shock y'all, but sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I miss giving the right advice or I miss God's will in a particular situation. And I, I always try to admit, admit that and, and not act like it didn't happen. I always try to go, well, I, I missed that one. And uh, uh, we, have to, we have to know that, that the only advice that we should embrace is what comes from this book. And what comes, you know, there's the, there's the Logos word, and that's the written word of God. That's the written word of God. This is one way God speaks to you. But then there is that rhema word, and that's when the Spirit of God that wrote this book will speak directly to you about a particular situation in your life. You might have a big decision to make about your career. And you might go to the Bible and the name of your company or that opportunity is certainly not in here. But we get guidance and we get wisdom from the Word of God. But I'm telling you, God will give you a special word personally at the time that you need it most. And I've always gone by this. If I don't hear the Lord... If I'm not sure about what God is saying, I just try not to move. I just try not to do anything until I, I get a real peace about something. And again, I admit I, I've missed it a few times, but that's what I've tried to do. And here in Psalm 11, David is being pursued by Saul. Now you remember that uh, Saul was not a good king. He was not a good king. But Israel said, we want a king. They said, every other nation's got a king. We want a king. And God said, well, I will, I'm your king. You don't need a human being as your king. I will be your king. But they, but they whined and they complained and they demanded. And how many of you know sometimes the Lord will let you have what you want just to show you it wasn't best for you? And he did that in this case, and he let Saul be the king. And Saul was not a good king. He was not a good king. As a matter of fact, Saul became very jealous of David. Uh, when David was very young, David uh, uh, began to show forth that he was a man of, of uh, very special skill in the area of being a warrior, a fighter. And uh, you remember David, when he was young, took down Goliath, and that's when that began to shine and begin to show forth. 
And uh, David just grew up and everybody knew this man, God has his hand on this man. And David was incredible in battle and victorious in battle. When he depended on the Lord, when he trusted in the Lord, he won every single battle. Now he lost a few battles, but he lost them because he took his eyes off the Lord. But Saul became very jealous of David. And uh, he became jealous. One reason he became jealous was because David was having, David was under Saul and David very much honored Saul as his leader and the captain and the king of, of Israel and the captain of the army. And, and David did whatever Saul told him to do. Uh, David was very submissive, but David uh, was very much more successful than Saul was. So when they would come back into Jerusalem after fighting a battle, they would hear this. Saul kills his thousands. David kills his ten thousands. Now, that was hard for Saul to take. And he became very jealous and he even lied on David and lied about the motives of David. And so Saul began to pursue David to kill him. He, he pursued him to kill him. Now there's one picture in the Bible, and we won't go into all that today, but there was a picture in the Bible when when Saul was pursuing David and David was hiding in a cave. And Saul was right there at the mouth of that cave. And David took a knife and cut off a piece of Saul's garment to show that I could have killed the king who wants to kill me, but instead I honor him. I honor him. And so David was a man of God and David was submissive to a king who wanted to kill him. So David was trying to fight a battle against the Philistines and others who hated Israel, and he was having to protect himself from his own king. And uh, so the Bible here tells us that evidently in Psalm 11, David has got some bad advice from some people who really love him. They really love him. They, they don't want him to get hurt. They don't want him to be killed. And so they say to him here, as a matter of fact, David's actually already gone through the process and he's come up with its conclusion right at the beginning of the verse. He says, in the Lord put I my trust. Amen. Amen. Are y'all out there? Amen. Everybody say that part with me. In the Lord put Put I my trust. Now look, when you get that established, when you get that as the foundation of your life, when you decide and you determine that no matter what anybody tries to say or anybody tries to do, people who love you or people who don't love you, You've decided, I don't care what anybody thinks, I don't care what anybody tries to influence me to do that's different, my trust is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, we know that that is very simplistic. That's very simple, very simplistic. And, and a lot of times, when a, when a pastor's preaching or a Sunday school teacher's teaching, we will hear something that is so simple that we don't let it sink into us. But here's how I know this is important. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit of God inspired David to write these words. And David wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in the Lord put I my trust. Now we've got to 
determine that. We've got to decide that. We've got to nail that to the wall. There are some things you can be flexible about, but this ain't one of them. You've got to decide right now that if you want your children to follow the Lord, you need to follow the Lord. If you want to go to heaven when you pass from this life, you've got to put your trust in the Lord. If you want to be healed from a sickness, you've got to trust the Lord. If you want wisdom in the time of confusion, you've got to put your trust in the Lord. In the Lord put I my trust. In the Lord. Now sometimes you just got to walk around your house and say that out loud. How many of you know, well, I don't hear from God like I want to sometimes, but I sure do hear from the devil all the time. You ever feel like that? Well, that's when you've got to say back, Satan, in the Lord put I my trust. And you say to the enemy, hey, listen, you can do what you want to. You can try to influence me all that you want to. You can tell me the Bible's not true. You can tell me God is a lie. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me. But I've put my trust in the Lord and I will not waver on that. And when that's the foundation of your decision making, when that's the foundation of your direction for your life, then I'm telling you, you're going to have many more successes than you have failures. Now, it's going to be dark sometimes. You're not going to be able to see the road. You're not going to be able to see very far down the road. And you're just going to have to walk in the light you have. And that takes a lot of faith. Now, I like it when God lights that path up a mile down the road. And I like it when everything's clear and I know uh, what God's saying and I feel like I know God's will. I love in times like that. But God will test us. We're going to see that in this chapter. And God will put us in places of darkness and difficulty and trials to see if we'll trust him. And I want to tell you, if I have any spiritual maturity about me, if I am strong spiritually in any way of my life, I've got to tell you something. It came through difficulty. It came through the difficulties of my life. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do, and I know I'm not the only one here who's experienced that, but when we lost our child. And I'll tell you, you've got to in the dark, Time, say, Lord, you are my foundation. You are my rock. You, I may waver. I may tremble. I may fear. I may be unpredictable, but you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in you, Lord, I put my faith. I put my trust. So David, David is laying down the foundation here. So before I move off that, I just want to challenge you. I really do. I just want to challenge you. Have you said that statement lately in your prayer life? Have you said it lately? Have you really thought about it? I want you to ask yourself, where is my trust? When things come along in my life that I don't understand and I didn't expect and don't make any sense, do I immediately just begin to say, why is God letting me go through this? I'm a Christian. I ought not to be having these difficulties. And we begin to kind of whine and complain. Now look, I know you're not going to raise your hand on that, but I'll raise mine. I've done that. I've done that. But you've got to go back to your foundation in the Lord. 
put I my trust in the darkness, in the storm, in the difficulty. It's easy to put our trust in him when everything's going right. He's calling on us to trust him in the darkness, trust him in the bad times. Who needs that word today? I need it. I need that word today. Well, just go around your house. Just go around your house and just begin to proclaim out loud, in the Lord put I my trust. In the Lord put I my trust. Now look what it says in the next phrase. Now he addresses those who've given him bad advice. See, they're giving him bad advice. They love him now. They love him. It's probably his, you know, David had some mighty men. I don't know if you read about that in the Bible, but David had a, a few very close soldiers. They were, they were like his special forces. And, uh, and he had men that he surrounded himself with that, uh, that could really fight. I mean, you know, they were all, they all had the skill of karate kid. And I just told my age right there. And that was supposed to be, that, that was so not understood by y'all, you didn't even know it was a joke, did you? <laughs> but all of them, all of them could go brave hard on anybody. Do you understand that one? They could go brave hard on anybody. Amen, thank you. So David had his special forces. And look, they, they loved God. They were men of God. But they loved their king. They loved David. Now, Saul was really their king, but David was more of a king to them than Saul was. So they loved him, but, but they worried about him. They, you know, Saul's after you, and, and Saul's full of uh, bitterness, and fall, Saul is full of jealousy, and Saul is full of, of uh, a resentment toward you. And, and, and you. and I'll just preach right there while I'm at that for a minute. When you start getting bitter and you start getting full of resentment, be careful, be careful. You will do things in, in that state of mind that you wouldn't normally do. And I, I, just, I just pause right there because I feel like the Holy Spirit would have me just pause right there and just remind you when you're feeling that an injustice has been done to you, when you're feeling that you've been treated wrong, when you're feeling that, that I'm trying to do right and, and, and I'm being done so wrong and you begin to feel that bitterness and that resentment and, and all of that come up in your life and it can turn into hatred and, and in unforgiveness. And you know what the Bible says, if you can't forgive, he won't forgive. Amen. Can I preach like that? And so, and so when you begin to feel that creeping into your life, you've got to get a hold of yourself. You gotta get a hold of yourself. You gotta get down on your knees and say, I know that's not God. I know that's not the Lord. It may feel good in my flesh to have those feelings towards somebody or some situation, but God doesn't want me like that. Lord, let me trade my bitterness for the sweetness of your spirit in my life. And so, so these people who love David are are giving him this advice, and here's what they said to him. David asked him a question. How say you, how, how dare you say to me, how say ye to my soul, flee like a bird? Instead of doing what I feel like God wants me to do and planting my feet and being courageous and fighting this fight, you're telling me to flee David says, how say ye? How can you say that? 
You've seen what God has done for us. We've been in many, many, many battles that we thought we would be defeated because we were so outnumbered. And you've seen us come through those battles and you've seen us win them much to our own amazement. So how dare you tell me to flee? How dare you tell me to run? Do you know Satan always says, run, run. You can't handle this. You can't do this. Run, flee. You can't, you, can't be a, you can't be an effective vacation Bible school volunteer. There's nothing in the church you can do. You don't have any talent. You didn't even finish high school. There's nothing you can do. Don't you remember your mom and daddy told you you would never amount to anything? You can't do that. Run, flee. Listen to me. Rise up. Rise up in the name of Jesus. And know what you've been called to do. And know what your talent is. You say, but I don't know what I've been called to do. And I don't know what my talent is. Hey, you know what? who I'd ask about that? I'd ask him. Because the Lord's given every single one of you a gift. He's given every single one of you at least one gift. At least one ability. At least one talent. And I want to tell you some big news. You better get it. At the end, you're going to stand before the Lord. And he's going to ask you what you did with it. You say, but if I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. That's right. But when you get to heaven, there's going to be something called the judgment seat of Christ. You know what that is? That's the judgment of Christians. It doesn't judge whether you're going to heaven or not. You're in heaven when you're at that judgment. You're going to be in heaven. But he's going to look at you and go, now I gave you the talent of this, or I gave you the gift of that, or I gave you the skill to do that, or I gave you the ability to do that. What did you do with it? And the Bible says at that judgment, there's going to be tears because we're going to have a realization of what God gifted us and talented us and gave us the time and the opportunity to do, and we just did what we wanted to do. And so I'm just telling you, it's essential to God that we don't let Satan scare us or intimidate us out of doing his will. I'm going to tell you something. If everybody in Pine Level Church, no matter who the pastor is, I'm the pastor right now, but no matter, no matter who the pastor is, if the people of Pine Level Church, any church, the people of any church will say, I'm not going to look for this one to do it or that one to do it or him to do it, talking about the preacher. I'm going to find out what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to find out none of us have been called to be a spectator. None of us have been called to sit in the bleachers while other people play the game. God wants you to get down out of the bleachers and get in the game. Somebody's got to say amen right there. We've got to get involved. We've got to ask, what is my gift? So, so what I'm telling you is that when you do your gift, when you are doing what God has gifted you to do, and what, let, me, let me just tell you, one of the best ways to find out what God's gift for you is, is just start doing stuff. Just start doing something. Just, just volunteer somewhere. I mean, you both volunteer somewhere, you know. We, we're going to beef up the nursery, and we're going to get the nursery stronger. We thank all of you who are already serving there. And, and, uh, but if we're going to reach young couples, we've got to have a nursery. Come on. Amen. You know, there's, 
uh, uh, crying babies uh, in church are just like New Year's resolutions. They need to be carried out. I thought I'd say that since I hadn't heard no babies crying today. Let me water this preacher and see if he can do a better job. Amen? So, so you're liable to get in the nursery, you know, and say, well, I believe God's called me to the nursery. And then you get one of them barn burner diapers. <clears throat> and you say, I don't, I'm, I don't believe God's called me to this. I believe God's called me to something different. What ministry do y'all have that no diapers have to be changed? That's the one I want to get in. That's what you'll say. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. There are people gifted to serve in the nursery. There are people. Don't you thank God for them people? <laughs> but you know what? There are roles in the church that need to be carried out and need to be done. Whether you're gifted to do them or not, you just step in and do them. And I'm going to tell you, people who are like that, great is their reward. Great is their reward. And so, so David knows what his calling is. He knows what his gift is. And the Bible says that he's hearing a voice that's trying to keep him from doing what God wants him to do. And David says, I've put my trust in the Lord. I won't hear that. I won't hear that negativity. I won't hear it. I won't receive it. I've put my trust in the Lord. How dare you say to my soul, run to the mountain? How dare you say to me, flee? How dare you say that to me like some bird running into the mountain? He said, I know what I'm up against. Look at verse two. He says, I know what I'm up against. For lo, tell him I said hello. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privately, secretly, stealthy shoot at the upright in heart. Let's go back over that again. So David says, I know what I'm up against. Look at it. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. You know, a bow and arrow is a, a silent weapon. A silent weapon. I, I used to pastor a church how many of y'all know where the Devil's Racetrack is? Right up the road here. I used to pastor Stewart's Chapel. Stewart's, uh, not, not, yeah, Stewart's Chapel Church. And um, I wanted to hunt. You know, I wanted to be like all them boys that went to the church, and I wanted to hunt, but I got to tell you, don't come natural to me. Just don't come natural to me. I killed a, I killed a deer one time, but I think I bored him to death. I think that's what happened. <laughs> But then boys taught me how to shoot a bow and arrow. Taught me how to shoot the compound bow. And I could shoot a, I could shoot a target big as that door 10 feet away from it. I mean, I was, I was good. I, I was real good. So I, I knew I was going to kill something. I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure what it would be, but I knew I was going to kill something. And they put, me in a, they put me in a tree stand with a compound bow. Aren't you glad you weren't anywhere near that? Amen. And um, a deer just come walking up. And I, had, I don't know how many arrows I had, whatever they gave me. And I shot every one of them. And the deer never moved. I shot. <laughs> that deer's like, 
He hears arrows, but here's what he's thinking. Must be a preacher. <laughs> oh, and so it's a silent weapon. Now, if I'd have shot a gun, he'd have been gone. But see, the arrow is a silent weapon. It's a stealthy weapon. I was at the Wayne County Fair one time, and uh, I was sitting on some bleachers watching something. And uh, I'm telling you, I, it scared me as bad as anything I've ever been scared. That stealth plane that looks like a wing, it looks like Batman, flew over the fair. And I mean, it looked like the bottom of it was about where that point, highest point is on the ceiling here. But you didn't hear anything. It was on top of us. It was ahead of the sound, I'm pretty sure. But boy, when the sound, it went, and then the sound came behind it. I'm telling you, y'all would have laughed for 30 minutes if you'd have seen the gyrations I made when that sound. Stealth. Here, here's the point. I know we're laughing, but here's the point. Satan is stealthy. He's never going to meet you in the middle of the road and go, come on, let's go around or two. He's never going to do it. He's never going to fight you like that. He's going he's gonna to cheat. He's going to wait till you've got your guard down. He's going to wait till you've let your prayer life go and you don't fast like you used to and you're not reading the Bible. When you get your guard down, he's going to come up and stab you from the back, from the side. He's private. He's stealthy. Don't you ever believe, well, I ain't running to the devil. You know why you ain't running to the devil? Because you and him going in the same direction. <laughs> if you turn around and go against him, you'll run into him. Come on now. So next time somebody looks at you and goes, man, I don't know why people have all these trouble. I don't ever fight with the devil. Tell them it's because they're going in the same direction. If you go against him, Amen? Come on. You're going to war with him. You're going to fight with him. But he's, but he's stealthy. He's never going to fight you fair. And David says, I know this. He says, he said, and, I, and I'll quit on this verse right here. Verse 2. For lo, the wicked, the wicked, the people who want to destroy me, the, the people who want to steal, kill, and destroy, and hurt, I know they bend their bow. I know I hadn't heard them and I can't see them. I know they're making ready their arrow upon the string. I know they got plans for me. I know, I know Satan's got plans for me. That they may shoot privately, there it is, secretly at the upright in heart. One of the good signs that you're flowing in the will of God is when you're constantly fighting spiritual battles. Spiritual battles. And spiritual battles can come in a lot of forms. Spiritual battles can be a physical battle. I'm not saying every physical ailment we have is because Satan is doing it. I think he takes good pleasure in it when it happens to us because it kind of takes us out of the, out of the fight, kind of takes us out of the game. We're missing some key people today. Brother Jerry's not feeling good today, and some other people aren't feeling good. And I miss them, don't you? I miss him. But I want you to understand that, that he's got plans to take you out of the fight. He wants you out of the game. He'll do it through your family. 
He'll do it through your children. He'll do it through your finances. And you'll fight spiritual battles on a regular basis. The strongest Christians I know who fight those battles are the ones who, when they recognize what's happening, they look right into the eyes of the enemy and they say, in the Lord put I my trust. I'm going to tell you, sometimes the battle is not going to be fought just coming up here having some people lay their hands on you. And we'll do that. We'll have people come up here and lay their hands on you. But that's not primarily where the battle is going to be fought and won. The battle is primarily going to be fought and won. You, by yourself, on your face, crying out to God, in the Lord put I my trust. Now the reason I say walk around your house and do it is because that's how I do it. When I'm going through a real hard time, and, and I, I, I go through real hard times with me. I go through real hard times battling me. Y'all look so holy when I admit my stuff. But I have, to get, I have to hear myself. Now, I'm not saying this is how you have to do it. I'm just telling you, it helps me to hear myself. It helps me to hear myself cry out to God, Lord, my trust is in you. Lord, my faith is in you. Lord, my confidence is in you. And I'll do this by myself. Lord, I, I, I need you. I'm desperate for you. Lord, if you don't intervene, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to win this battle. I'm not going to overcome. I'm going to go deeper into this hole. I need you. My faith is in you. My confidence is in you. My trust is in you. Let me just ask you a real plain question. How many of you, how long has it been since you really cried out to God? You know, we, we gather around the table and say, Lord, bless this food we're about to receive in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now look, when you're praying over a meal, really that's kind of all I want you to say. Don't catch up on your prayer life when we're about to eat. Amen. Don't, don't do, you know, catch up on your prayer life later. We're just here to bless the food and move on. So I'm just telling you, cry out to God. There has to be times in your life and it don't have to be here. It can be here. If you want it to be here, we'll make the altar up here available to you. But there has to be times in your life when you cry out to God. You say, well, you know, I'm kind of reserved and, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just am not that emotional. You know what? If your child was about to die, you'd get emotional. You'd get loud. If all of a sudden your boss man called you in and said, we're closing this plant down, there's not going to be any severance pay, and the check you get today is your last check, you can get loud then. So really, really, what I think God might be up to is allowing us in America to get to a place where we drop our pride and cry out. We're not crying out. We're not crying out. America's not crying out to God yet. It ain't bad enough yet. But it's going to get bad enough. You know what? I think I'll just go and cry out now. Amen? Who's with me? I'm going to just go on and cry out now. I'm going to go on and cry out right now. I don't want to wait till it's desperate. But God will allow it.
He will allow desperation. Remember old Jonah? He will allow desperation. The Bible says when Jonah was in the belly of that fish and the fish went down, it says that uh, Jonah cried out to God. I mean, if I was in the belly of the fish, I believe I could get real with Jesus, don't you? I believe I could drop all my pride. And the Bible says that fish came up, felt some nausea, because when you got a sinning preacher in your stomach, man, it's nauseating. Y'all, y'all start getting them later. And he went up to the, he went up to the, and just spit old Jonah out on the shore. Because Jonah cried out to God. And Jonah didn't go, so and so did me wrong, and so and so did me wrong. Jonah said, I have sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned and I repent of my sin. And God, if you'll deliver me, I'll preach your word. And he did it. Don't listen to those voices. David said, how dare you tell me to run? God's done too much for me. I'm not running. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning, if you will. And if you are physically able, will you just step out from where you are and walk right on up here? Just walk right on up here this morning. Nobody's going to lay hands on you suddenly. Nobody's going to embarrass you. We're just going to pray together before we go home. We'll pick up on this next week now. So next Sunday, we're going to pick right back up on the next verse in this. And we're going to talk about the foundations of our faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come come into his presence with thanksgiving. Come to the altar with praise on your lips. Just begin to say, Lord, I love you. I praise your name. I lift you up. There's nobody like you, Lord. There's nobody to be compared with you. You are king of the kings. You are Lord of the lords. There's none like you, Lord. I thank you. I praise you. I praise you, Lord. You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. 
Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots of other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.